0: And welcome back to the Football Index Podcast, episode 94. Yes, 94 episodes in a row, every week coming to you on a Sunday at 7pm. And today I'm joined by a, a double act. Who got the assist, Nick? Or who Nick the assist, who's returning after nearly a year, isn't it, Nick?
1: Yeah, I think it's been about a year since I was last on the pod. Uh, thanks for inviting me back. Uh, pleased to be here again.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I think we... Chat to each other every now and then on WhatsApp about FI, and occasionally when I need some FPL tips. But uh, why don't you tell people a bit more about yourself and your uh, football index journey? Because you recently posted that you've hit a, a nice little kind of mark for yourself in the 5K area.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, I was very happy with that achievement. Sort of like been a long time, sort of aiming for that particular target. And then after after that 5K, I'm going to start perhaps um, spending some of the earnings that I've made on it, which bit of fun but yeah um I've been podcasting for about a couple of years now we're doing an FPL podcast called Who Got The Assist um I do it with um, my other friend Tom and um, who's also been on your pod before and uh yeah we've been doing it for a couple of years discovered football index through Twitter as well and uh because I kind of work in sort of financial markets I was quite interested in this particular project so you know I Gave it a go, started trading on the index as well, using some of the FPL knowledge that I've developed, sort of, you know, analyzing the players, do a lot of analysis of players for the podcast anyway, looking at sort of the creative players and the goal scoring players and targeting sort of value in in FPL. And I tried to take a little bit of that knowledge into Football Index to try and find the bargains there. And since uh, since joining the product, yeah, I've really got into it and uh, subsequently invested more of my money into it as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's great to see you enjoying it, <laughs> and it's uh, it's good to have someone who who started their podcast at a very similar time to mine, which has always been good to have someone, you know, not actually physically hand-in-hand, hand, but metaphorically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also joined by a debutant, uh, Football Index Scotland. How are you doing, mate?
2: I'm very good. Well, pleasure to be on the pod. It's a year on the index. It's feels like a, a bit of a strange one coming on the pod now. Yeah. Uh,
0: from listening to coming in front of the the actual microphone, it's a
2: strange yeah, thing. Yeah, something I've listened to probably 50, 60 episodes off the 90-odd so far. So yeah, it's something I, it's part of my, my weekly routine now. So now to be invited on this week was a bit surreal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing stuff. Great to hear. And joining us uh, all the way from Edinburgh. And why don't you tell us a bit more about your Football Index journey? You talked a little bit about there, your one-year anniversary. So congratulations on that. But Go on, take us back. How did it start and where have you gone on from there since?
2: Well, yeah, so I know there's a question from FI Diary here, a question on my journey. So I don't want to go into too much detail too early. I want to make sure we can give us the prologue. That that (laughs) question. Um, Absolutely. So at the end of the World Cup found Football Index. I'm not really sure what it was that brought me on Football Index. It must have been some kind of advertisement within another app. Found this... Deposited a couple of hundred pounds and had a a play about. At that point, players were just rising crazy. It was the end of the World Cup. You probably saw yourself, you'd been on for quite a while, but the the trending list was was guys up 100% every day. (laughs) I'm thinking, what's going on here? This is something, and it was just completely new to me. So I took a a little bit of time to figure out what was this all, all about kind of realized that the world cup and maybe transfers weren't for me at this time i saw that the platform there was definitely something there for me but jumping in to follow where the rises had already been was was probably a bit stupid so i started to take a, a step back and look at straight away who was going to grow over the next period of time so <laughs> probably going against all of FI Twitter's advice at the time, <laughs> I put in about 95% of my money into Mbappe. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I started, yeah, it was one, one of these. Mbappe never wins PB. He is the, the terrible, terrible buy off the index. But it was the end of the World Cup. In real life football, he was doing very well. He was the, the type of player that logically you would want to buy. Logically, he looks like he would be value within this platform and that's without the end to the throne right isn't he absolutely um, and that's without me at that point really understanding all the metrics within the, the system how pb works Obviously, we, we didn't have it in play at that time but there's a lot of, of elements to this game that obviously drive value in, in particular areas at, at that point point. Mbappe just made sense to me everyone would have over the next couple of weeks months told me it was stupid stubbornly held on onto him and yeah I, I no longer have those original mbappe shares however yeah it, it sort of was an enabler to to let me build up my portfolio he grew quite considerably over over those first couple of months and allowed yeah. me to then move that money out of him and, and look at other opportunities and um, probably don't want to, to go too much more into the journey and how my, <laughs> my approach has adapted over the the last few months, but we'll we'll cover that shortly, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, no spoilers, please. But we're going to be battling it out on a draft fancy league, aren't we? At, at some point soon, next week, next Tuesday, we've got a draft league going on with the guys from Real FF. So, uh, any comments there? Any laying down the gauntlet at all?
2: <laughs> Nick, are you in this as well? No, Nick isn't. I don't signed up. No. <laughs> no so. Well, I'm notoriously bad at seeing these out. Um, I really am. Um, I don't think I've ever completed an, an FPL season in my life. I've probably been involved in the last four or five years, and I've never. Christmas is probably as far as I make it. However, <laughs> this one, I don't know, has got my attention a little bit more. I think the draft element of it um, is is probably more suited to, to me, and I think it will with a, a small league. I think it will be a lot more fun means that we can't all have Kane and we can't all have certain players I think it's going to be quite interesting there Um, and we'll see maybe this last year of FI obsession maybe (laughs) my my interest peaked a little longer
0: yeah it's going to be good fun and I think we're uh, we're putting a a few bob down and and a bit of it is getting or a bit of the winnings is going to charity which is really good if
2: you guys want to hear more about just before you, you jump onto that that was also something I wanted to mention yeah so the charity element is fantastic also, I don't know if any, anyone's seen Buzz and Paul's post this morning on the Macmillan mm. Cancer um, Charity fundraiser with Final Runner. So, Vic, you'll probably be able to talk about this a, a bit more. I know you you've got affiliation with Final Runner, but really good cause. And I saw this this morning. It means a lot to me. It's something that, on a personal level, um, I've got first hand experience with what Macmillan Cancer Support do M- mean a lot to me. And so, something I would really urge people to to get involved with if they can. I am gonna. Um, and I think, yeah, as some of the, the posts have said, we've all earned an awful lot mm. of football in Texas, uh, you know, <laughs> and to, to be able to give a, just a little something back, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing
0: really. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's £10, entry. Ten pound entry and, and £4.50 from each entry goes to McMillan Charity. Um, I really want to applaud Buzzing Paul because he's put it all together. I was just kind of the facilitator. But yeah, shout out to him and definitely have a look at that. DM him or DM me if you want to get involved because we're trying to raise as much awareness, as much money as possible. But back talking about the draft league, if you guys were, you know, if your ears were perked by kind of a draft league with your friends, uh, head over to realff.co.uk. That's realff.co.uk, Football.co.uk. They're doing some great stuff. Uh, moving on to the questions after a uh, quite a lengthy intro from us three, we, uh, we could have chatted on forever. Alan Cooper, it's a common topic, sadly, but what do you make of FI continuing to advertise like MAD, sponsoring Fulham's training kit now, all the ads in London, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, when they still haven't improved their technology? I know NASDAQ is coming in, but this is seriously making people question the platform. So, Nick, why don't you take it away? I, I'm not sure if you were kind of there during the announcement and what kind of prevailed and what happened after the matrix was dropped and the kind of the tech issues that happened. But what do you make of it generally, and and maybe more
1: specifically to this point as well? So yeah, I was um, I was actually online when when it happened. I was sort of like. Um following the index cane community as well on the slack chat and i was seeing a lot of the negativity on there obviously a the lot of hype as well when the announcements happened a lot of excitement and everyone's waiting for that seven thirty moment when the website was open again and uh, yeah it was obviously a, a bit disappointing well you know massively disappointing for some users to try and they wanted to get on to those players that they wanted immediately at that moment to get the best price possible and then a lot of people obviously thrown out of the website which um, you know and they might not have even chosen to invest their money which uh, is obviously uh, disappointing for the community disappointing for football index as well because it's potential money that they've lost out on at the end of the day so going back to sort of the question in regards to um, if they should be advertising still I I don't really have anything negative to say about them advertising because I think it's a sign obviously of growth within the platform they should be advertising and it's very good to see that they're making such big strides forward with the advertising such as what I've seen is like the billboards at the games you know the features on the likes of talk sport advertisements on on sky sports um you know during key matches during big matches is it, i think that's really positive and you're seeing that you know the growth in football index we've all benefited from the growth massively and and we all want to continue to benefit from that growth and um obviously as i said the sort of technical issues aren't great and it's particularly noticeable during these sort of peak moments, you know, these peak traffic times when the IPOs are happening and, and the announcements are happening. But I no- did notice in the announcement they did say that they're looking at those peak moments um, when the IPOs are happening and they're looking to address the situation. And I know from sort of a personal experience um, from where I work, you know working with developers and trying to find the right level of resource and developer resource to fix these issues can be, can be very challenging sometimes for companies to deal with performance issues. So um, I hope that they, well, it sounds positive they're trying to address it, but it's cl- it clearly still needs to be addressed. And it's clearly obviously, um, you know, a massive uh, loss maker for the for the company when they're trying to make these profits.
0: Yeah. What you said there about kind of finding the right devs to build the tech and the infrastructure that Football Index need to scale is tough. And it's particularly tough when it seems that they're building on top of tech that isn't really too robust. And I think, the worry is getting that balance between how many people you can actually fit into a funnel and how strong and robust that funnel is. Uh, Scotland, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think for me, that the ads have to continue. So driving growth is important and waiting for a perfect product before the engagement ramps up. I think that kills momentum. Um, it's not what we need. I think the platform has that momentum. It ha- has to continue to grow. The tech issues, we've all faced them. We've all had... <laughs> <laughs> triple deposits taken out of our bank accounts we've had all sorts payments not being made it is a problem and i get that put new it puts new users off potentially before they even get started but i suppose from what i see from the outside if i have properly upped their tech considerably in the last year that i've been on i imagine they have i think since since i've joined about a quarter of a million people have actually joined Football <laughs> index, and um, that growth is just unprecedented. I don't think that was expected. I don't think it was planned for. I think it's hard to scale up a technology, an existing technology, a platform that you're you're using, that quickly when you have that amount of growth. And um, so I think we have to give them some allowances. I think some of the communication isn't all, always the greatest. I think that's something that they need to focus on when they they make a, a mistake quickly address it, quickly get comms out to people, and not necessarily just through Twitter, there has to be a a route to get to the whole 400,000 500,000 users, rather than just this select amount that are on Twitter Another positive I do see though is, since I've joined, the amount of staff hires has been pretty good. We're seeing a lot of new roles being generated within Football Index Um, Yeah, It has to be better, I think we we need to, to move this on. I think we we need to, to get this engagement be sorted but the technology issues have to be addressed they will be addressed but yeah it's when does that happen
0: mm, and i think from the nasdaq announcement it kind of sounds like they won't only be helping fi build the order book technology but they'll also be helping the kind of ledger side because i think the problem fi have been having is you know Buying and selling players, that movement of money from one side of a ledger to another is really seeming to kind of confuse their, their systems and, and what's kind of underlying the, the product. So, if NASDAQ can kind of give them some help there, it could also be a seriously, seriously rocket fuel kind of moment for the index. Frank the Tank says here, and moving on from your to your kind of comms point there, uh, Scotland would you worry as to how many users will never use this platform again after seeing how amateur the tech is? I've had several people interested to join, but I'm basically blanking them due to embarrassment. Surely someone should be addressing this issue from Football Index. And I think I've had a few people DM me saying, all the boys in the office, they're really disappointed. They don't know what's going on. They've only signed up like a couple months ago. Is it easier for guys like us who have been on for longer than a year, Nick, than it is for people who have just come on expecting to kind of really engross themselves in a
1: fully functioning product. I, I mean I, I guess we we joined earlier when the company was sort of a much younger company. We knew we knew it was sort of you know a startup. We weren't expecting a finished product, you know, like what you see perhaps from other betting websites like you know, Skybet or or Betfair, for instance. So we're, we're kind of used to football index, how it operates, we're kind of used to its sort of idiosyncrasies. I don't know about sort of like blanky people that are sort of interested to join. I've always been like keen on, you know, talking about this product. And, you know, obviously there are tech issues. The UI obviously needs updating as well. It hasn't been much changed since I did join the website in terms of the UI, but I've still, you know, always been quite positive um, to anyone I've spoken to. Most people, um, who know me, know I tend to rabbit on about this product a bit too much, <laughs> um, not necessarily getting them to actually sign up. But, you know, what interests me is the product. And, you know, as, as a football fan and sort of like, you know, working investments and stuff, I'm, I'm interested in that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I think um, for me, I, I'm obviously, I know that the tech, you know, there are issues as we, as is thankfully obvious, but I think the product trumps the tech and, you know, the tech will come in time, as you said, with the stuff like the NASDAQ, announcement we just have to be a bit patient i guess
0: yeah but uh i guess someone made the point to me i think paul on the live stream that we did the other day that even betfair have outages like once a quarter but you know betfair are taking on billions of bets every every year so is that kind of not the right comparison to make? Or what are your thoughts now, Scotland?
2: Yeah, probably not the, the right comparison to make. Um, <laughs> it, it definitely isn't. The, the volume that goes through each of the platforms is, is completely different. However, there are completely different setups. The you know, Football Index is growing. I believe these tech issues will resolve. think going back to, to Frank's point about sort of putting off, speaking to people, I've actually got a, a couple of people myself who have engaged me in this last week who are interested in getting involved. Um, I've purposely not followed up with them, just with <laughs> due to a couple of issues. I'm catching up with the guys tomorrow, so there'll be a, another reason to talk Football Index. But historically, I've found it quite hard to get um, real-life friends involved in, in Football Index. There's something to be said for the simplicity of the actual product itself and how to, to be able to sell that to, to others. Um, I'm not sure that, I can do that to a lot of friends at at the moment without, you know, having the the confidence in a lot of the the platform issues being resolved as well. So you've got that battle, first of all, getting them to sign up to what is the the premise of of this thing. And then coupled with any tech issues, if you've got people who are genuinely looking to put decent money into this, I purposely would um, hold back in all honesty. Um, that, that's just my personal view. It's just how I've been treating them. Because these are our friends and people who have to be honest with them, there are issues that are, are there and they're not being addressed quickly enough. That then impacts.
0: Yeah, and I think um, the thing is that that big money element, if there are people who are kind of from that, you know, forex or trading background and they look at this kind of infrastructure, this product, I don't really envision a place that they're going to currently put their money into football index until Nasdaq come and sort stuff out. I really don't, and I don't know if you guys agree.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair, um, and that's certainly the, the type of users talking about you. <laughs> the general public, it's, it's fine. We're I think we're we're quite happy with seeing, you know. This new company, this new platform, and, and seeing it growing and, and, and working along with that. But if you're seriously chucking in you know, Don-type levels of, of, <laughs> of money, you know, a deposit of Don's type of portfolio, which is is what you'd be expecting from from these types of guys, the, the quarter of a million upwards, are they going to accept a lot of these issues? I don't think so. Um, and so once those are resolved, I think that's an enabler for some of that bigger money to, to come on board. I think mm. that's something, yeah. Let's take advantage while that money isn't on board. Yeah. <laughs> and let's build our portfolios.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're 100% right there. I think if you, you know, you've got people like me who only got you know, a little bit of money compared to some people, if you're looking at seriously investing like 100 grand or 100 grand plus, as you said, and you're looking at these issues and you're seeing what's happening and you know obviously the triple deposits and stuff like that i think obviously that is deeply concerning so they do need to address these issues if if they really want to see that sort of substantial growth yeah
0: yeah i totally agree the the triple deposit fiasco was probably way worse than what we've seen here but in terms of the actual website freezing i don't remember there being anything worse but it wasn't all doom and gloom, uh, we were treated with some uh, relatively decent news about the Matrix. Well, decent, depending on who, who you are, but I think the, the index community overall kind of reacted positively. Mortz has a question here. Good guest. Looking forward to this one. Question, please. How do you think the Matrix tweaks will affect PB? And do you think performance buzz is now going to dominate and give value to players in the index rather than youth hype?
2: Yeah, I, I like this question. Um, so I, I like Morts. He's a, a decent guy he's got a good head on him and he seems pretty balanced and um, so I suppose his his question splits into to two parts is the the matrix effects on the, on pb so i think the matrix effects on pb the market spoke um quite quickly we saw that talented players who dribble <laughs> potentially rose um players who we like to watch players who we actually get value from watching football on a, a weekly basis from, are, are the ones that are picking up. And, and that's good. Um, can you imagine what Kerlon's price would be if he was at about right now with a, that sealed dribble? Um, yeah, I think it's good. It's the, the quality players that rise. And I think it's really healthy for the the platform. I think PB probably still very much a lottery. I don't think that necessarily changes. I think that's a good thing. That's how it should be. Um, the balance has shifted slightly. And I think it's up to the traders to to play into that next year. I suppose the, the second part is the uh, does PB now dominate over youth? Um, for me the short answer is no. Um, it doesn't. So when I joined about a year ago, PB seemed to, to be the main focus. Um it was definitely what I was told was the driver. Um, I had to buy Ramos and and various other PB legends. But I think so, although that's how how the market should be be driven, there should be a, an underlying value in, in terms of what, why a player's price ha- has a price. So a, a, P, a player with a likelihood of getting PB should should have a higher price. I think the market changed last year. Um, it's going to take quite a few years of fails and generally gradual lower highs of these youngsters happening before that imbalance is properly addressed. So before you actually see all the money going into logical PB holds, I think we addressed it earlier with some of the, the tech issues, seeing some the, the more advanced traders coming on board. That's what they're going to be looking at. At the moment, there's a lot of money going into youth and into questionable value, um, <laughs> is, is what I'd say. But the short of it, I'm not sure that we're that close to seeing the end of that yet. And that's probably changed mm. how I've traded over, over the last six months.
0: Uh, Nick, you, I think your uh, partner in crime, Tom, put out a near viral article recently about value on FPL. So you're kind of very in tune with juggling this subject. To t- the thing about value in Football Index is it's obviously quite subjective. So how do you kind of value players? And then maybe you can try and answer Mortz's question afterwards.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's a quite a tough question, to be honest. <laughs> I think, you, especially when you look at Football Index, obviously. You know, being youth, there is value in youth because of the long-term that they're going to be in the game and the long-term they're going to be playing. However, in in, F, in football index, the, the rise we've seen on some, some youth is just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I think with the new season beginning again, we will start to perhaps see a little bit more emphasis on performance bars, especially um, sort of, you know, during the summer, obviously, with all the friendlies. That's when all these kids are getting so much game time. And because of that, yeah. we've seen a few few of these youngsters score as well and a lot of hype a lot of growth because of that and I think over the next um, month or so we will potentially see a little bit more of a a drop off on the youth market and we'll start to see those performance buzz players that are winning dividends week in week out you know obviously the likes of Kimmich and, and players like this and a lot of attention perhaps will be brought back onto these players I think as opposed to the youth so Whilst I think there is value in youth, certainly, because of the fact that you've got, um, you know, we're going to see these players really rise. They're all sort of 19, 20. There's always excitement around the young player and getting their first games in the Premier League. And there will always be a little bit of a buzz. I think at the moment, you know, some of these players aren't going to make it. As I I know you've said many times on your pod before that, (laughs) you know, we're looking at a lot of these sort of, you know, the Manchester United youngsters eventually... You know, the likes of Chong, for instance, I don't know if he'll be a sort of first team player. Eventually one of them might get farmed off on, on loan somewhere and, and then we'll see a massive fall. So it's also a dangerous market to be messing around with is if you have lots of shares in these young players, because they're not all going to be the next Harry Kane They're not all going to be the next Raheem Sterling. A lot of them aren't going to make it. And eventually, you know, they might be playing in the Premier League. But once they hit 24, 25 and they're struggling for game time at Crystal Palace, then, you know, that's, that's going to be the end of it. I think, for them. So I think there's a lot of risk there in in terms of investing in some of these young players, whilst the more established players that haven't necessarily performed as well. We haven't seen as large rises in the Premier League, perhaps because they're a little bit older. I think the attention will be back on those guys once we start to see the goals and assists uh, rolling in over the Premier League season or the other other league seasons.
0: Yeah, especially because of the new matrix and do you want to maybe give a little bit more insight into that? Um, Nick, I know you really do like your data and there were a few stats added that I think you are very familiar with or a few uh, components to the PB matrix that were added that you are, you know, that you deal with, I won't say on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. but on a very regular basis because of the uh, FPL.
1: Yeah, so obviously in the FPL, you've got the bonus system. You, every time, obviously, you get up to three bonus points for your players depending on how they perform in the league. And I think with the PB changes, I think feel like it's um, a lot more centralized now, actually towards kind of very similar to the FPL model, as, as opposed to sort of the football index model. When I first joined, I was um, surprised by the sort of the differences in terms of who won performance buzz. It's very so much these sort of metronome players sort of sit in the midfield, do a lot of passes, but perhaps not you know actually creating the chances that would often win the PB, as opposed to the players that would get the goal or get the assist. And I think with the new changes, Perhaps it's um, you know a lot more focused now on on these perhaps more sexier players, the ones that do get the goals and the assists. Like obviously, sort of like the likes of Madison created more chances in the Premier League last season with 99. likes of sort of Hazard and uh, Fraser also performed really well in the Premier League in terms of their chances created. And I think obviously the changes in terms of the assists with um, with more points for an assist. Um, I think it's in that plus ten isn't it, the new matrix. So that will definitely see a big impact as well as um, sort of the created chances for a big chance created is plus three for a key pass, it's plus six secondary key pass, plus three. I think um, definitely will benefit those players. You know, like KDB is another one from the Premier League who's who's um, very big in terms of these sort of numbers. And I think they'll definitely benefit um, in terms of performance buzz as well and probably see, I don't like to predict these things, but you'll probably see a little bit of boost as well in terms of their prices as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Certainly so. Scotland, what about you in terms of the matrix? Those specific stats that have been thrown around, they're a lot more introduced than we maybe kind of anticipated. We thought maybe two or three would be sprinkled on top of the PB matrix.
2: Yeah, I didn't have a lot of expectations of what would happen. I just kind of waited for it to play out. Um, I think you talked to Aaron Nick about the, the assists. That's a big one for me. I think that gives potentially... A lot of players, um, a lot more value. who are hitting big numbers. PP for me is is still one we have to. You have to see how it, how it plays out. I think it's, it's difficult to the stats and the numbers always draw you to a, to a group of players. I've done some analysis after getting a, a bunch of data before um the announcement, and I had a, a list of players, and by and large, these are the the list of players that have all grown by 10 15 percent over the the next couple of hours um, after we we found out what was going on. I think there's still more value in those guys if they live up to last season's form and actually play into the narrative that we're expecting with PB. Um, But it's still it's it's one to play out. I personally don't go in for a lot of PB holds as a long-term thing. Um, I naturally buy players that I I think are are talented and I think that have a a general element of of growth undervalue them, And typically, a lot of them turn out to be your PB-type players. Let's see what next season brings. But any matrix tweaks, I think, have to be quite responsible from Football Index. I think they've managed that this time. I think the tweaks didn't cause the upset that a lot anticipated. I think there was a a lot of nervousness that, you've changed my bet overnight. And I think Football Index have just struck that balance right where they've added value into the matrix, added value to their product without significantly changing existing bits. I kind of agree. But
0: then on the other hand, I think that they have actually added quite a lot of different things. And to some extent, I was not frozen, but I looked at it and I was like, I kind of know who to buy, but I don't really. And so I think FI were thinking, if we flip the table enough by adding all these different things and changing assists and, changing certain other aspects of the matrix then maybe people won't be too reactive if that makes sense the bigger reactions and the falls and the massive rises are probably going to happen during the season aren't they
2: i'd expect that to happen yeah absolutely during the season i think people jump on these changes um giving them far too much weight Mm. What actually goes on in the course of the season on football index and so it's one of the reasons that I'm quite comfortable when there's these massive changes that I can just sit at my port and be quite comfortable that, regardless of what these changes are, are going to bring, that the approach that I'm taking is probably going to be there <laughs> fine, <laughs> there or there, but Do you know what I mean? There's there, there might be some I have to get rid of, but overall, my port will, will be be fine. Um, yeah, I don't see that it's it's going to make a, a drastic change overnight to to anyone's value we'll see that that slowly changing over the, the course of the season. But I can't see any losers. Um, I don't see any major losers in, in this announcement. I can see positives for lots of players. But one worrying thing about that is does that this, this positivity and certain players then having a perceived additional value. Is that value even there in the first place? And I think that's what some people need to, to maybe take a step back and look at. Um I think that's important to look at we get blinded by the small changes or, or something that, that comes in look at the bigger picture and think just to assess your portfolio assess your trades and look at other aspects of it be my advice
1: yeah i think they handled the announcement quite cleverly because there's there's been no sort of dividend increase or anything really in terms of the actual PV matrix so you know with um with winners there have to be losers obviously but the losers aren't obvious and it just feels like everyone's winning then that's good news really from an investment perspective i didn't see huge falls to go with the you know the players that did gain on the announcement
0: yeah because i i found myself looking oh goalkeepers are amazing value but actually maybe they're not because how many times does a goalkeeper punch a ball in a game oh defenders are awful value but then i was like because i thought goalkeepers had become better value if that makes sense because they're in the same category but then i thought ah but now they've got you know long long passes and aerial duels so it just put me in a spot where i was like ah, do i sell because other people will be reacting in the first instance like me or do i keep it was a tough not tough but it was interesting it was definitely the announcement that made me think the most about what was even with ipds came in and that was kind of a a totally new aspect this was the one that not caught me off guard but it got me thinking the most about the value or the underlying value of players but Move on to the next question here from Mills. The most interesting thing for me is the revised PB matrix. In the revised PB matrix was the addition of minus 10 for big chances missed. There are some high profile players such as Aubameyang and Salah that miss a lot of big chances. How do you see this affecting their prices and ability to win? And now, Nick, I've seen you tweet about big chances being missed before, probably in an FPL
1: standpoint. So why don't you try and pivot this towards FI conversation? Uh, yeah, I can try. So yeah, you mentioned um, Aubameyang and Salah in the question there, and I think yeah, we've we've seen it a lot with like sort of Aubameyang, Salah, and also, also Richarlison in um, FPL, where big chances missed is part of that bonus matrix, and consequently we often see um, sort of Salah sc- score a couple of goals and doesn't get the bonus and we're like how's he missed out on bonus and there's always a little bit of uproar and you know in the in the FPL community there's always a bit of anguish to say why has he missed out on the bonus and I feel like that sort of thing happens in the FI community as well it might be a little bit more pronounced um, especially with these players that do take a lot of goal attempts I know um, sort of from my numbers that sort of Salah had the most goal attempts out of any player last season in the Premier League of 137 but only actually had a sort of 16.1 goal percent conversion rate, which is actually quite um, low compared to some of the other sort of forwards and midfielders out there in the game. And uh, consequently, that's because a lot of those shots that he took were missed and and didn't end up in the net. And a lot of them were big chances. So, you know, from an FI perspective, if he's missing five shots or whatever, five big chances of the game and he scores, he ends up on a negative, doesn't he, I think? So, yeah, I think that's obviously a little bit of concern for those types of players. But, you know, um, they also have those games where they don't miss the chances where they just get a couple of attempts they go in the back of the net and they can win big so it's once again it's just very hard to predict and say right you know this is a negative for the likes of know, negative for the likes of Salah because these are proven goal scorers mm. and banging 25 goals a season and you know that they can deliver and, and win big and you know you'll be getting those in play dividends as well from them so I don't think it's too much of a concern to be honest.
0: And especially with those players that their averages or their PB base, so to speak, you know, air quotes here, was never really good anyway because of just the style of play that they do choose to play in. You know, Bamiyang's had a not the greatest of passes. They, as you said, Nick, they tend to shoot rather than pass. <laughs> and they do miss quite a few big chances, but they can hit those uh, quite big peak scores if games go their way.
2: Yeah, I think for me, probably in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't make a, a huge impact on any of these players. You're right, the, these guys are, the PB's not linked to, to the, that much. Um, I'm sure though, throughout the season, there will be the Nick you alluded to, it, the uproar that happens in the, the FBL community. Mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine there'll be some weekend that Salah or somebody big who's got a, a large holding in him, misses a couple of chances it, it, Towards the end of of a match, and just gets piped for PB, and yeah, this change then causes a, a bit of uproar in the community. How big an impact that has overall? Minimal. It's not something I'd be
0: concerned about. It really isn't. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, back onto the keeper conversation. F I M L. Do we see goalkeepers as serious PB contenders now? I tossed and turned with this. No. Straight up.
2: No. <laughs> no, give us a reason no, um so I know well, yeah, so I know you just mentioned a, a bit about how you you had the, this conundrum about what was the value with vendors and goalkeepers after the changes. I looked at that straight away and I'm like, that doesn't add that much to to these goalkeepers they are not going to win p b um that, that there might be the odd occasion next season. It might happen Dragowski um won a PB at the end of last season. it can happen. It absolutely can. A keeper can already win PB. The chances of it happening—I don't see this making a massive change. I don't think it. um, Goalkeepers are fundamentally IPD holds. Um, I suspect this PB hold and uh, this PB change, and we've already seen it, does drive the prices of these keepers up a bit, especially the the top end guys. Um, But then, I think you've got a situation where most people are then sitting on very expensive bets, bad bets. If they're not using them, an IPD hold. Goalkeepers are very rarely going to return you PB. The gold for IPD at the right price. Yeah, I'm, I, I've got quite a few <laughs> uh, on
1: Nick. this. Yeah, well, I don't want to say guaranteed no because I haven't, you know, run the numbers, so to speak, or, or done like proper or sufficient analysis to sort of make a, a properly sort of informed uh, verdict on on goalkeepers and. And whether you know makes them a PB contender, I think obviously as you, as you said, um, Scotland uh, obviously a Dragovich won it last year. I mean, there's it's the potential for a goalkeeper to win it for sure, um, and it might be in those big games where there's you know there's a single game week or something, and there's a you know a nil-nil draw and one of the keepers saves a penalty. By all stretch. they'll be the winning player most likely. But it's a little bit of a change. But we've, we've seen pluses in the other categories like the forwards as well. So. It, it depends. It's a wait and see, I guess, in terms of how it's impacted across all the
2: categories of players. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's one of these. We're we waiting to see how it pans out. But I think you're right that we won't see dramatic changes, hopefully, changes. We're not going to see. I don't a, at know. At the moment, what's, I, what's I the bet split between defenders yeah, and goalkeepers winning PB? Very low, isn't it? Percentage wise, minimal. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to see a ten percent to ninety percent balance there.
0: No, and from FI's standpoint as well, Scotland, why would you kind of do that? You wouldn't want to just
2: make goalkeepers. Fly. This is my, this has been my way up the whole time. So I wished at points that goalkeepers did have a separate PV. And I actually look look at it, the logic behind it, and looking from FI standpoint, it's not going to happen. It will never happen because it makes it far too predictable. And then I think. Well, You've possibly alluded to it. Many people have alluded to it before. It then makes a handful of players at the top of the index. So these goalkeepers would be ridiculous prices, and and that's not reflective of of football. And from what I've seen of Adam Cole's previous comms, that's not what he wants. He wants this to be reflective of of football. Um, Yeah. So I, I think goalkeepers are in the best place they've ever been. I think the employee dividends being being brought in, fantastic. I think some tweaks to the matrix, great. Does that make much of a difference to them? No.
0: Mm, mm. Next up, before we move on, I'm just going to plug an article that was done by the FI investor over on the index gain community, the, the premium membership. If you go on their website and you're a premium member that you can, You can access it. And he did a great analysis of the best key passers, long ball guys and dribblers, um, according to last year's data, which was really interesting, uh, really well thought out. And uh, I definitely, if you are a premium member, check it out because I thought it was a really good read. And uh, if you're not a premium member of Index Gain, you can use my code FIG2020 for 50% off your first month over on indexgain.co.uk got loads of great research tools, uh, portfolio monitoring, and so on and so forth. Do check them out. And do check that article out by uh, FI Investor. Shout out to him. FI Diary. Uh, I always, for some reason, read this as FI Dairy, which I find like, slightly weirder, which is, is, is obviously not the case. Uh, celebrating nearly a year on the index, how has your strategy changed or not in a year to ensure you maximize profit? And where has your weakness been in trading so
2: Scotland. i guess the floor is yours to continue your stern uh, story yeah so obviously i alluded to it at the start started at the end of the world cup um in terms of my strategy that's always adapting it's always evolving the platform's moved so much in the last 12, 12 months that i couldn't have stood still i couldn't have continued with the way i was looking at, at the market then um so I suppose that's within reason and, and what works for me. But so end of the World Cup, I avoided those World Cup players, those transfers, bought into a bit of Mbappe and PB players in the, in the top end. I suppose the growth in the market was just phenomenal. It really was. You know, I came on and everything's flying. It was hard to make a loss anywhere. So the growth was nice, but I also identified that I wasn't maximising that. I wasn't making the, the most of. I was getting things wrong because I didn't understand what was driving the market. And I think, as I alluded to, I started off with these PB players, um, guys who had, in the, in the previous season, won a lot of PB, they were the ones who, within the, the current structure, were the buys. Um, absolutely, they pointed, pointed to that. But I think the user growth changed things, the, the volume of new users and the The new users who are not immediately coming onto Twitter, looking at data, looking at DexGain, looking at all these historic sources, they're just coming onto this platform and seeing player growth and and are starting to identify their their own youth. So I started to move out of the top end to what I would class as growth holds. Not the the youth-type players, but those that were in PB leagues, that were probably just after that youth bubble, 22 to 27-year-olds, players who were actually performing just undervalued in, in the market um and yeah i made some money on on youth guys um i've held greenwood at times it'd be stupid not to in the, in this market um however i don't hold them right now at four pound put my money elsewhere but yeah so there was money to me just in, in looking at undervalue that a lot of the Historic money had been in, in PV holes, and it took a while for that to shift. And I suppose just getting ahead of that cycle was, was where I started to benefit from. And then in-play dividends came, in and, and that was just a game-changer to the market. That just added value across the board. Um, for me, I suppose that's what keeps me here. If there wasn't in-play dividends, it'd be a completely different market. I'd have a lot more nervousness. I wouldn't understand exactly where the value necessarily lay. Cause in play is there gives it pins a value to a lot of players. It allows me to potentially make money off actions within football um, on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. So yeah, going forward, I think that's going to be one of the, the big parts of, of my portfolio in play dividends.
0: Interesting to hear your how much your has evolved, uh, Nick. Any any parallels you can draw there? <laughs>
1: Uh perhaps. I mean, since I've joined the website, I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly evolving my strategies. I have I've made plenty of um errors along the way, buying the players at the wrong time and, and selling the players as well at the wrong time. You know, I've also made some very good trades in the past as well. And and it's a balancing act trying to sort of identify when to enter a player, when to exit a player. I think probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned through my time playing football index is to not join the wagon too late. And I'm, I'm such a victim of that, <laughs> especially when it comes to media buzz. I've, I've never been very good at managing the media buzz or going for players based on like um, a small room. For instance, you know, it might be any player that's linked to a premiership club in the media. And you'll go on, and you'll see the plus 20p. And um, I've made far too many times in the past. So, oh, I'll jump on at this point because it sounds like positive. It's going to happen. It's it's definitely going to happen. And then subsequently, that player's not heard about again in the media for another three weeks. And I look at my port and oh, oh, I'm minus 25 (laughs) on that player because those big players that all the people that bought him have already sold him and they've made their profits and I'm I'm left sort of picking up the pieces. So um, I've also practiced a lot of patience. What I have done in those scenarios and it's happened quite a few times with me, I haven't actually sold the player. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to hold him, hold through the bad times. And then all of a sudden, they'll be boosted again. There will be another rumor. It won't necessarily be a move. It'll be another rumor or another performance and they're back up at 25p again. And then, then that would be the time I'm like, right, I'll exit now. For me, that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. It's just just to manage when to invest into a player, when not to. And often it's actually investing after the fall. Um, if you see a player that's fallen heavily, if it's not like, a, you know, they've done the cruciate or something like that, it's just to do with you know, some, just not being in the news there's no real explanation for the ball then, then jump in on that moment especially if they're a young player that you know have a, have a lot of hype it's just that they're not being talked about at that particular moment but inevitably as as it is it's a three year hold that you have this player there's going to be plenty of opportunities for growth and plenty of opportunities to make good on your investments
2: Yeah You're right Nick I think buying in at the, the right time is, is key I think cycles are, are something that's kind of overlooked a, a bit and the community and, and something that can make you quite a bit of money. Looking at an example, so Media Madness, we've had that over the, the last i seen Panda posted a, a tweet about Pogba um, being negative four pence over the <laughs> Summer Media Madness. Now, was it, was that a good trade buying Pogba at the start of, of Media Madness? Now, if you looked at FI Twitter, Pogba was the only person to buy it at, at that time. There's lots of reasons for this. He was going to be guaranteed media. However, had people already loaded up on him for this, by that point, had you got on at the end of the cycle? So if you're buying at the start of Media Madness, was he already at his peak at, at that point? And it's about understanding these cycles. So an example for me, the end of the season, five weeks before the end of the season, people started dumping goalkeepers. In-play dividends were coming to an end. People wanted to get off them before everyone else did. So I started buying goalkeepers. bought thousands, like thousands <laughs> of of every goalkeeper, like, it was ridiculous. Like it really was. Um, I was seeing fifty percent drops from their peaks before the season had ended. So some of these keepers still had six or seven games, or for them play eligible for them, and I was getting them at a fifty percent discount. It's Like fantastic. That's what I wanted. So I expected to actually sit on these goalkeepers all summer. I thought I'm going to have a really slow summer by the end of the like the summer. People start buying into these oh and I rise, I'll get fifty percent on on these guys. That happened in about five or six weeks, <laughs> like literally a week after the season ended, these guys were at a higher peak than they were at any point in the season It, it was crazy, so like I literally walked away with forty to eighty percent on over forty goalkeepers, quality trading but by. <laughs> Working cycles, and and that's all it was. It was working cycles when people were going to dump off them, understanding that, yeah, I was willing to sit on them for three months, and cycles are moving a lot faster Mm. than we expect on on the index, so I didn't even have to wait that three months. I'm now now off all those. (laughs) I've banked that profit. I've got my new holds for next season. I'll wait till people dump off in the next couple of weeks, because this is what will happen. These goalkeeper holds, 90% of the money that's in a goalkeeper at the moment, not eligible for IPD. Of what value does a goalkeeper have other than for in-play? And right now, 90% of the money in them is not eligible for that in-play. That's silly. But
0: but to to play devil's advocate, some of those traders might have the mouse to, you know, they might know that they're not going to win IPDs, but they might be able to shift those players on for an extra
2: 10-15% if they do win IPDs. Potentially, and that's what everyone's mm. playing. That's the game that everyone's playing. That's why I cycled off that a couple of weeks beforehand, <laughs> in, all, in all honesty. Do you know? And so everyone, there's going to be this wee rush towards the start of the season. Buy a few keepers, people will be selling keepers. So what price are they actually going to settle at? So for me, I'll wait for the first couple of cycles, and I'll wait to see what the true natural value of these goalkeepers settle at, and then look at their upcoming games do they have a dividend yield within them that's acceptable to me <laughs> um, it just seems that this has been the, the easiest and most basic trade ever on football index you're
0: almost it's speaking beautiful. too logically here Scotland almost it's too beautiful. logical beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it's you know, it, so,
2: so just be- sorry, just before you go, if I he asked about weaknesses, yeah, he did, he did, he did, right. So maximizing profit, um, that's definitely difficult. Um, it's hard. You allude to it, Nick um, getting off at the top, and or do you know that guy? Then drops twenty five p. He comes back up to how, how do you judge, judge that? And so it's, it's very hard to maximize profit. Um, I think you just have to, to play that by ear. We don't know how this market moves. Cash balance was probably my, my biggest weakness, never having enough on a cash balance and always having to deposit more last minute to, to get on something if I, I see it go. Mm. But yeah, what about you guys? What are your weaknesses?
0: My weaknesses? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, a bit of the same actually, you know, the ability to, you know, definitely know a player is going to go down from here when you're selling. But also looking at kind of the upside from that point that you're selling, it's kind of hard to consistently keep that in your brain because it's not kind of a logical way to think. You have to force your way to think there. Um, I also think I've in the past, um, like not been able to do as much research as I would like in in some of my holds, which isn't, you know, part in due probably to the podcast and work and so on and so forth. Uh, Nick, you've already kind of touched on yours. Do you want to dig
1: a grave any deeper? Uh, not particularly. I think it's just a case of bad trading, isn't it? But um, I mean, I'm hopefully learning sort of, as as I said, I'm learning all the time. I'm kind of um, getting more astute in terms of when I invest and trying to find those opportune moments. Uh, not investing too late on the player, just knowing when the opportunity is and, and seeing it. So, yeah, it's. Just, I think it's still always a learning curve, isn't it? And I think for everyone, you can't say, oh, I'm an expert at it fi ever can you
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's impossible to always trade every trade really well uh, but we'll move on to the next question this is from uh, jamie harwood not Harewood, got it right this time maybe from some help from scotland who's just wrote in our chat here har words is two separate words to make sure i get it right um uh, he says what are your guys thoughts on the introduction of euro qualifiers it's an interesting one in the sense that it makes the international break more exciting by adding PB to it. But surely it's taking away from media players and non European players. So, this is something that maybe got overlooked slightly, guys, during the announcement because everyone was so focused on the matrix that removing the triple media during these international breaks and adding PB, you could actually shift value large amounts, couldn't it? It's nicer, isn't it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So, so personally, yeah, for me, I'm all for this. Um, this should make slower days more exciting. And personally, I'm not a big media fan. Um, I'd rather there be more focus and reward went into pitch actions than the the media. Um, I know media is important for the index; it's needed. We've got summer of no tournaments. You, you need something that, and that has has helped the market massively. But I'd rather be able to. Get five in play dividend pennies from Mbappé getting five goals against Santoro in one of these games rather than, <laughs> than, than Pogba winning media um, for lacing up his boots or something. Do you know, <laughs> I, I really think it's... It's more intuitive, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um, so you tell somebody this is a, a stock market where you buy football players and you know, you've got a whole host of European qualifiers coming up. That's gonna be how many games have we got coming up for each of these big nations that are are gonna drive attention to the market on each and every one of those days? The media guys winning on on those individual days aren't driving new money into the market. But individual players, and so to put twenty-two to twenty-five players or whatever, all all competing on those game days, there's gonna be a lot more movement in the market and it's healthy. I think it's good.
1: Yeah, I think so. I definitely agree with you with what you said there. I think obviously with international um, break, you know, having the international friendlies as well added, is good for the uh, the players from the non-PB leagues. So like, you know, the Dutch leagues and Swiss or whatever leagues, um, you know, obviously a lot of players there will never, never win a dividend or have a chance of winning a dividend in life if they're not in any European tournaments. But if they're playing for their national sides and they've got a, a game against the likes of San Marino or Andorra, as you alluded to, you know, you might suddenly see some player from Finland or something getting a couple of goals and winning PB and uh, I think obviously that's always good for the market to open up the opportunities for dividends for some of these more obscure players that are out there of course.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting and it's just going to add another cycle isn't it Scotland to a platform that already has so many of them which is going to be music to a lot of people's ears.
2: I think so yeah and there'll be people who absolutely play for that there'll be people who play in the Andorra market and buy up all the Azerbaijani players and you know, okay. <laughs> if it gives another couple of penny value to those players for, well, perceived value to those players for those games great, Do you know, because there be, will be winners um, and typically those winners will be decent players playing PB leagues um, on those game days, so yeah, there, there will be a San Marino and game on a single day, one time, Do you know, there, <laughs> there will be one of these silly events where do you know, it's 22 players who have no intrinsic value. In yeah, as long as they've been IPO'd. <laughs> exactly. You might actually have yeah, two of them available. <laughs> yeah. And, buy. and then they become the two most expensive. Do you know, they replace Pogba and Neymar for, for a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, silly. yeah. I wish I could name an Andorra or San Marino
0: player, but I can't. It's um incredible if that were to happen, but I'm sure they'll try their best to IPO some of those guys before because I think there's two European or there's two international breaks quite shortly after the season there's definitely one in October and then there's one in March time as well Um, so there's I think three during the season which means that there's going to be a lot of value shifting around but it's also going to create this weird situation or scenario where you know some players are going to be really valuable for their clubs then maybe see a bigger drop-off than others during international breaks and then players that maybe aren't playing I'm thinking of you know uh, players that don't play that regularly for club but seem to be the number one name on the team sheet for one reason or another for their country there might be this weird interesting dynamic
2: where the market is a bit more fluid for these players I like that and I, I think longer term that's the way it should be mm. it shouldn't just be a, a case of chuck your money in, set in these holes and they, they just return, you, return your value there should be an element of them to, to play in and out of where that value is at the time Um yeah, some people are suited to that. Some are not going to be suited to that. And I think yeah, it's just still going to be ways of, of benefiting you know, without doing that. But there'll be more so for for the traders that are willing to trade like that. Exactly. I think it encourages
1: more trading and it encourages different markets. As you say, we've got the youth market with the PB market. Now we're going to have sort of the international players market. That If you know when to to buy on and when to sell, then you can make some good money. And, yeah, it's another opportunity the savvy investors to make a quick buck
0: yeah it's going to be really really fun to see people trading and maybe looking at the index in a more intuitive way the coming season even though we don't have any data to kind of know who were the past pb winners and there's going to be little forward looking data because of how many different stats you'd need to get this um it's going to be interesting to see people react um but gents i think that's what we've got time for we've gone well over an hour and i'm sure people are
1: bored of hearing my voice especially nick where can people find out more about you so you can find out well, we've got a website which is who got the assist.com uh you can find me on twitter personally at wgta underscore nick or if you want to follow um our main account for who got the assist it's wgta underscore fpl which tom manages
0: cheers for coming on man thank you very much really appreciate you uh, taking out the time and working through some
2: technical hitches to finally get on uh, and record. No
1: worries, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Scotland?
2: Yeah, so it's at High B Index. If you're not already following, then there's something going wrong in your life. <laughs> <laughs> you really need come on. Come on. Come you on, heard the man, follow him on Twitter, entertain an account. That's it, and just a quick plug again, check Buzz and Paul, search at Buzz and Paul and, and check his charity activity at the moment. Really good cause for Macmillan cancer. Um, so get, get involved once £10. Get behind that one. It's only a tenner. I'm sure everyone can afford it. Uh, thank
0: you guys very much for watching. If you guys enjoyed this, why not leave a review? There's over 125 reviews on iTunes alone. So whatever you're listening on, to the guy that asked me to put it on that specific podcast platform that I'm sure he's the only person that listens to it, um, you owe me a review because I went out of my way to put it up there. Uh, If you guys are on your commute, thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great day at work. Gardener, wherever you are, please send us a photo of the uh, garden you're working on Monday morning. And if you guys aren't commuting, doing whatever you're doing on your sofa or working from home or just on holiday, have a very good day. And sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions. There was so much to get through with the announcement and all that. And uh, just so many questions. Cheers, everyone, again.
2: And if you'd like to do my garden, Gardener, get in (laughs) touch. Cheers, everyone.